0: The following episode of Days of Thunder is brought to you as part of the Pro Wrestling Only podcast network. Go to ProWrestlingOnly.com to enjoy other fine podcasts, as well as match reviews, book reviews, video game reviews, and of course our forums. Let's start the show. Your buddies and travellers down Thunder Road. It's us, Days of Thunder, the WCW Thunder Rewatch podcast that you didn't ask for, but we did anyway. Coming to you as part of the Pro Wrestling Only podcast network. It's me, your confidant, your host upon Thunder Road, Dave Ryan, and I'm joined as I am every week by the Man The Myth the Legend. That is Stagger Lee Malone. Lee, how are you? The
1: Man the Myth the Legend. That's your best introduction so
0: <laughs> far. Is it, yeah? Because <laughs> I, I actually put you over for once.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know how to get how to uh, appeal to me. Just tell me I'm great. <laughs> just appeal to your vanity, and that's all I need to do. That's all I want. Yeah, yeah. So why, else, why else would it be the only Thunder podcast? Uh, it's not the pay. I'll tell you that. That'll come. It'll come. <laughs> come yeah.
0: Keep an eye out on Patreon, guys. Uh, yeah. That yeah. only fans Yeah, <laughs> just read the market, see what the people want. Give them what they want in spades. Uh, Uh, Speaking of of giving the people what they want in spades, we're back for another one of our weekly shows. Um, What's this, week number eight, I think, isn't it? uh, This will be week number eight, yes, I think. Um, Where we've kind of... uh, In between regular episodes of the programme, like this week, where we're doing an episode of Thunder, we've been doing retro pay-per-views, we've been doing uh, Pick Your Poisons, we've done one documentary from the WWE (laughs) Network. Um... How are you finding the grind so far? This is something... One of the many reasons that I picked... to do a once every two weeks podcast is to kind of not overwhelm <laughs> the amount of time I spend in front of a microphone. That's that worked well for you, hasn't it? Well, this and my other podcast, Link to the Cast, where I talk about video games now, I, we, I've made the de- decision to go weekly with both, so I, I'm feeling the grind <laughs> eight weeks in, I'll tell you that. Um, especially when both industries are uh, ground to a halt. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's Thankfully, at least this show is, is kind of rooted in retro stuff, so there's more to talk about. Um but yeah, how are you finding the the grind of the uh, the weekly WCW watch as opposed to bi weekly?
1: I'm very much into a groove now with the weekly stuff because obviously I've I've been working the whole time. Yeah. So I'm now into a groove of now on a Tuesday I go to work, I come home, I have a nap, <laughs> I get up, <laughs> have dinner and then it's time to podcast. It's like yeah. it's my nice little Tuesday routine now.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, I had a powerful map today, but it was one of those accidental ones where it was just like, oh yeah, um, I had done my work for the day, I had watched Thunder, and then I just kind of like closed my <laughs> eyes for a minute, and then all of a sudden it was like half six and I had to make the dinner.
1: Well, I, I say that, but like last night I fell asleep on the couch, like proper da still, watching oh, yeah. the uh, Euro 96.
0: Yeah, I think once you get to 30, it's the only way to fall asleep before
1: <laughs> a certain hour. This was like fucking half eight nine o'clock day. <laughs> in my defense I was awake since early in the morning so yeah,
0: in fairness. Um, yeah, I've had a good week as well. I um I, I accomplished something that would be more typical of the uh, the traditional man than I am used to. I'm not like, look, I'm not useless around the house in terms of like fixing stuff, but when it comes to like like proper technical stuff, um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a bit lost. Like I can fix computer problems and TV problems and stuff like that, but when it comes to kind of um, like say I couldn't fix a sink if it started leaking or or anything like that. You know that kind of it felt like our parents' generation oh, yeah. all just in- instinctively came out of the womb knowing how to do, but
1: never passed down to us. Yeah, no,
0: <laughs> just 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 held on to that information for yeah. some reason with a vice like grip. Um, so last night I fixed a washing machine, um, and that. That was like one of the, it's, it's sad to say, but one of the greatest accomplishments of my year to this point. <laughs> so,
1: what was the problem with the washing machine?
0: So, um, it does, it was doing the thing. So, you know, they have, um, this is like the most boring thing, the most boring tangent we've ever taken on the show.
1: We've gone from the, the MCU opening the last show to now washing machines opening. This oh, show. And, and
0: we're going to get back to that in a minute. But, uh, so the, the filter at the bottom of washing machines that catches all the lint and all mm-hmm. the, the crap that falls out of people's pockets. So I was getting, you know, when that filter is clogged, you can kind of get the, the kind of, of smell it, of yeah. the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got that smell. I knew the filter was there. So while I was down checking the filter, I went to check the emergency drainage hose, which is like if there's ever, for any reason, you needed to drain the drum to perform an emergency open of the door. There's this little pipe that you pop the cap off and you drain the water into a basin so that you can then, because those uh, washing machines automatically lock if it detects that there's Mm -hmm. water in the drum. So while I was down with the filter, I went to check the pipe. I took the pipe out. The pipe came out into my hand. Um, ah <laughs> yes now obviously the pipe is covering a drain that comes out of the drum so if the pipe isn't on the drain then the contents of the drum are going to no, spill on out the onto the floor yeah. which they proceeded to do um so, so I, how, how many a, towels did you have to use i don't know if you saw the picture i put in our, our group chat last night uh, uh, with a uh, bunch of our friends i saw a couple <laughs> uh yeah six towels six full <laughs> bath towels uh, it crept the, the trail of water crept the whole way down the kitchen and across the floor the other way oh no um, so I was in a panic um, and <laughs> I ended up having to plug out the washing machine uh, which was not easy in and of itself because the lead right the, behind, the plug yeah. it, it, it wasn't it wasn't right behind it it was behind in behind the sink and plugged in behind the oven which oh. I didn't know. because Well, I I probably did know and then forgot because when do you ever go behind the washing machine? Mm -hmm. So I couldn't just pull it out and tip it up because the lead was too taut. So I ended up having to follow the lead around to see where the plug was, plug it out and then slide it out. But then I had to feed when I was putting it back in. Then that created the problem of having to feed the wire back through and plug it back
1: in again. damn
0: but so I pulled the washing machine See, out I would have
1: just got a new one at that stage <laughs> well this is, this is not
0: <laughs> Emma, Emma my partner was advocating it, uh, just getting a new one and I was kind of like part of me was like I, I, the, the ultimate die energy of am I fuck spending money on a washing
1: machine if I can fix it for some reason you turned into Colomini last night
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no I did yeah yeah like, that bastard thing is going to start working now I'll tell you that so I pulled it out uh, tipped it up at like a 45 degree angle put a, a box underneath it so that it wouldn't fall down <laughs> on my face <laughs> um, I got underneath the washing machine, fed the uh, fed the tube back through the hole that the tube comes out of. And I saw where it came out then under the washing machine and found the nearest thing that looked like a nozzle water would come out of and attached the pipe back to it. And uh, I did my trial of the washing machine today and there was no water anywhere. So I, I, I'm available for not success. Yeah, I'm available not only for podcast hosting, but washing machine repair. Um so both of those things now on the business
1: card. <laughs> and not my actual job. <laughs> that's a, that's a hell of a way to spend them on the money, evening.
0: Yeah, well I'll tell you what, it gave me some nice perspective. So I was relieved to sit down and watch a ninety minute episode of Thunder by comparison down my Monday night went. Oh, wow. Um But uh yeah, so you mentioned it there a couple of minutes ago, Lee, before we get into our beers and our podcast, um and Thunder episode twenty six, uh how? Is, what's the MCU update uh, for anyone who missed the show last week uh, or is only doing the regular Thunder shows uh, Lee with the benefit of Disney Plus has been chronologically going through the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. uh, most of them he's seeing for the first time which is something I'm incredibly jealous of um, so we've been kind of doing our MCU minute on the program <laughs> since last week so give us a quick, a quick update for people as to where you are
1: you say a minute I think it was like 25 last week yeah well so we're going to try to keep it briefer going forwards because uh, uh, you're running out of movies as well. <laughs> yeah, so I think I last Tuesday I think I'd stopped on Ant Man halfway through and I was like, yeah, it, it was okay. And then I watched the second half of Ant Man and thought it was great. So yeah, I kind yeah. of I've fallen in line with your uh, with your perspective on that. It was a, a very good heist movie. Yeah, yeah. The Once end. the heist actually starts to get going, yeah, it, it's, it's a rip-roaring good time, I think. Um, so I watched that. I think following that was Civil War. Yeah. And oh, blown away. Absolutely yeah. blown away. I think I texted you or sent you a message at like half two in the morning. Yeah. Because <laughs> when, obviously when Spider Man showed up, or well, yeah. more succinctly, um, Tony Stark was sitting on Aunt May's sofa. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying so hard last week to K-Fabia when you were asking me
0: do the Spider-Man films fall into the canon um, because like when because obviously you weren't watching them when mm-hmm. when this movie came out but like one of the big holy shit moments was the, the cinematic trailer for this dropped and at the very end of it they do the bit where Spider-Man takes the shield and flips onto the van and then just the trailer ends and mm-hmm. everyone lost their mind <laughs> so I wanted to try and not ruin that moment for you of yeah. Peter showing
1: up so yeah, that kind of blew me away, and then I went straight into Doctor Strange. I think was next. Yeah. Well, I think Guardians. Is Guardians two now next after Strange? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I don't think I'm gonna rewatch it because Time wise just. I've seen that a million yeah. times. I know. I know the story. Yeah. I know the bits. I might ha, watch ha, the um, the end trailer. I might just hmm. flick on for that. Ha, what What's next? Is, is Ragnarok next? I think Ragnarok is next.
0: Yes. Oh, oh, Lee. <laughs> Uh yeah, two two. Uh, it's either Ragnarok or Black Panther, and both of those are. I think whoa. it's I think it's Ragnarok, Black Panther, um, Infinity, Infinity War. War, and then Captain Marvel and Endgame. I think Endgame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're on You're. It's a hell of a run. I'll tell you.
1: So when does Spider Man fall in? Uh, so spider-man
0: falls in actually around now so okay. uh, remind remind me of that when we get off the air because i had to sort you out with that <laughs> film because disney are chumps and, yes. and wouldn't
1: see that's, uh, that's where i always confused me because i was like yeah. i was like i'm sure spider-man is in it but it's not on yeah. the chronological order so maybe it's not yeah
0: uh, i think it's next chronologically for where you are now um so i i'll 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 sort you out with that but um <laughs> I, I it's it's kind of an episodic it's kind of it's it's not ant-man in as much as it's better it's much better than Ant man yeah. but in terms of if you watch it a film later than you're supposed to i don't think it's gonna it's it's own thing. yeah pretty yeah. much like once you get it watched before uh like infinity war and end game where like everybody is in it mm-hmm. um you'll be fine um but yeah I, i'll get you sorted on that um the other thing I wanted to actually mention before we get into the beer is um it's a, this is a very significant episode of Days of Thunder Lee, and do you know why that is?
1: Shit. Uh, uh, uh I was like, I am, I for, am I forgetting the an anniversary? You are. <laughs> this I? week this week
0: is one year of Days of Thunder on the Pro Wrestling Only Podcast Network. Oh, is it? Okay. Our first episode on PWO was uh, Super Brawl Eight, which was May sixteenth of last year, um, and it's funny because I I don't know why it came into my head. I was sitting here waiting for you to come on the call uh, to record the podcast. I said I should probably check when that one year anniversary is coming up. Scroll through the podcast feed. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> uh,
1: it's a Jeez, good thing that, I did.
0: That, that we would have missed it.
1: It's one of those things where I've just always assumed we were on PWO. <laughs> yeah, I I like I couldn't believe that we were a whole like four months out on our own nearly yeah that's um, crazy
0: before we join the family but yeah we've been here a whole year like you said it feels like it's always been home um and in kind of like since the start of the podcast now we've got 26 thunders i think seven or eight pay-per-views three pick your poisons one documentary <laughs> <laughs> um and a retro pay-per-view in the bag so yeah many many more to come my friend and uh, to, to toast our one year anniversary on PWO and our 26th episode of Thunder, um, let's go to what I dubbed on Instagram this week in a, in a panicked moment trying to figure out what I need to call the feature. Uh, we go to our Beers of Thunder, um, <laughs> very inventively named, uh, as Lee said, it's to go with that strong branding we've developed. You're killing yourself over that one. I mean, what else were you supposed to call it? I really don't know. Like, it's kind of like the Days of Thunder thing where it just popped into my head and I just wrote it down. Um, But yeah, our beer's the thunder this week. Uh, You gave me a sneak preview uh, in in the DMs about what beer you're drinking, but uh, do tell the people at
1: home what you got. I did. I sent you a lovely picture of this fantastic looking can, which instantly caught my eye in in the supermarket. It's uh, 8 degrees brewing, which I'm pretty sure is Irish considering the beer is called Full Irish Mm -hmm. Single Malt IPA. And it has a nice little thing. It says hoppy fruit balm with rounded bitterness. And that sounds lovely to me.
0: Yeah, the word malt in there is really uh, appealing to me. uh, In a way that full Irish, because full Irish usually lends itself to a plate with sausages, bacon, black pudding, and things like that on it. Uh, So I imagine it doesn't taste of that. (laughs) This is, it's
1: a six point six percent alcohol. Ooh! Um, So yeah, and it is very smooth. And I would... I will be going back to get more of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. After the first taste, yeah, it's it's not very... It says hoppy fruit, but it's not really fruity. It's more of hoppy, and it's... This is good. This might be in your next uh, Craft Central order. I think it will be, definitely. I'll definitely be going for more uh, 8 Degrees Brewing if this is their, uh, their quality. So I've
0: gone for my first beer from the uh, Dot Brewing Company, which I thought was appropriate for our anniversary that we go with the DOT Brewery. Um... <laughs> And it's their intersection amber ale, and uh, you've got six percent. So I'm not far behind you at five point nine here. And uh, I wouldn't say it's in the upper echelon of can designs, but it's a very nice one. Uh, you know, it's better than most of your kind of store bought can art. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me try this now. It's a it's lovely in the glass now because I have my beer glass here with me that I pre poured it into because I am a professional. Um, <laughs> It's got a, a lovely kind of darkish color. It's like something you'd see people drink uh, uh like in the, in the Rovers on Coronation Street uh, for those UK and Ireland <laughs> listeners.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah, I like that for uh, for an ale. It's um it hasn't got that kind of um sharp fruity aftertaste a lot of people don't like with ales. Mm. It's much milder and I think by pouring it into a wide glass like this, it stops the kind of fruity smell of it being overwhelming either. Um, I quite like that and it, it doesn't it doesn't go down as heavily as the the kind of dark color of it would suggest. So yeah, I like that. Mm. right uh, moving swiftly on, it's thunder episode 26 dated August 5, 1998. coming to you from Eric Bischoff's backyard, Casper, Wyoming um and this is Lee we were away for 2 weeks from thunder uh because of the uh, the goodwill games uh and we're we're back immediately with the go home show to road wild in sturgis it's on this saturday and i'm sure you're as hyped as i am to find out that in the main event in sturgis we will have one Jay Leno, because I know you haven't had enough celebrities in your wrestling main events, my friend. Yes, because one last month wasn't enough, so now are
1: going to do another celebrity tag match. <laughs> With a celebrity who isn't even a professional athlete in his spare time. No, I mean, Jay, um, Jay Leno's a lot of things, but you wouldn't call him an athlete.
0: Yeah, and he is described as a lot of things on this show, as we will get to later on. Um, wait,
1: wait, but this, you expecting him to come into the show having missed a fucking bunch in two weeks? Uh, yeah, because I think we had, did, didn't wasn't there one a few months ago
0: where we missed like one week of Thunder and the two of us were all over the place yes. on the following show. Um, so I was kind of like, oh, God, we're missing two weeks. Um, so I was just kind of like, I, I'm trying very little on this program to question things because i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that these feuds didn't just spring up on this show (laughs) that some of the things have been ongoing now that might be giving them too much my my god you're naive (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm i'm in a good mood tonight what can i say um but yeah so the main event is featuring jay leno and if i'm not mistaken is it a jay leno and diamond dallas page versus hogan and bischoff yeah and at this at this point you have to
1: question DDP and his choice of partners
0: yeah i know i like does he have any partners who are professional wrestlers <laughs> are, are, are any of his mates actually in the biz um but yeah i i couldn't remember like until kind of we got through bash at the beach i i always you know if you follow wcw or if you've read death at wcw or the nitro book and stuff like that you know that jay leno was in a match at road wild um I couldn't quite remember which year it was until uh, about a show or two ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, God, this is just a summer of celebrity cameos between the basketball guys at Bash at the Beach, Kevin Green at Bash at the Beach, and now Jay Leno. So, uh, yeah, this is just the WCW trope, really. Uh, I know it's a we talked about it before that it's a thing, pro wrestlers, uh, pro wrestling. Uh, to try and pop a rating you get Tyson in on WWF and, and things like that like everybody does it at, at least but, we uh, have
1: the Kiss Demon to look forward to in
0: 1999 oh how dare you insult my good friend Dale Listen, <laughs> I'm being serious We're I'm looking forward to that yeah uh, that'll definitely be a Knights of Nitro special to cover the, the graveyard match with Vampiro oh <laughs> Um, but anyway um, yeah like I said Road Wild is this Saturday and uh, Lee Marshall giddy as hell at the start and in a very low key just standard business suit uh, says just like the song says Saturday night is alright for fighting Uh, and I love the the smug satisfaction on Lee Marshall's face that he got an Elton John (laughs) reference in like not a
1: minute into the program and people thought Uh, Matt Stryker was the first one to drop lyrics into uh, wrestling broadcast
0: Ah, oh, he, he was merely a copycat Lee Marshall the innovator uh, Apparently there will be a Battle Royal at uh, Road Wild that will feature both NWO factions and Goldberg <laughs> Yeah, make sense of that one Yeah, yeah I, And I'm sure it's going to make perfect sense when we watch the match in two weeks on the programme uh, they also alert us, and this is obviously a thing where they thought of a cool thing and then tried to reverse engineer it making sense. Uh, the Crow Sting returned on Monday. He had confronted Brett, uh, who is now the US champion, by the way. Uh, they finally solved what they were going to do about the US title. Uh, so we, we, le-
1: we definitely missed all that. Yeah, well, we missed all of that. Uh, <laughs> we, they just very we, ma- we missed the tournament, I'm assuming.
0: Uh, yeah obviously Uh, it was in Rio de Janeiro I believe. (laughs) I was just going to say that (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah Sting had confronted Brett Uh, Lex had been attacked and uh, after that Sting just left the building until later when the crow in his black and white came down from the rafters to avenge his friend and multiple times during what was this about a minute and a half where they were Mm -hmm. talking about this multiple
1: times they had to explain just because he's wearing black and white he's still in the wolf pack guys (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand the whole thing of making him come out in the black and white if he's still in the wolf pack. Yeah. But they were putting over that, like, for some reason, he's more dangerous when he's wearing the black and white. Yeah, yeah, it's the demon sting. It's the demon sting. (laughs) That's obviously. So what, he's like corporate sting in the wolf pack and demon sting? Yeah, yeah, when he's in the red, he Sting the Libertarian. (laughs) And when he just has the shades on, he's real estate, Steve. Yeah, really, yeah,
0: I actually saw our our friend Gareth Kidney putting up today uh, or yesterday a video of Sting as the authority figure in in Impact. Oh. I'd forgotten that he had the cricket bat, spray painted black, oh, God. instead of the baseball bat. It's good stuff. Good stuff, Stinger.
1: I, I had totally forgotten all that. That Sting was yeah. an authority figure for a while.
0: Yeah, super hyped for the possibility this week actually. You know, we sometimes mention when WCW figures are in the news that there's uh, it looks like a growing possibility that Sting is going to be brought in to do some angles with with AEW,
1: which uh, is a dream come true for one Cody Rhodes, I imagine. I, I loved James's tweet about when Col- <laughs> when Cody meets Sting and the the Spider-Man's. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: cuz <'cause>, like <laughs> God bless Cody look I love a lot of the stuff um I love a lot of the stuff aew do but God it's the most transparent thing in the world mm-hmm. that instead of wanting to be dusty that man wants to be sting and I suppose if you grew up when he did you all want to be sting at that age do you know what I mean um, fair
1: now if your dad was dusty Rhodes of course uh, want, of course you'd want to be sting
0: yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um we get a flashback to Nitro it, we're in a really kind of grim kind of situation uh with 2020 eyes uh DDP <sighs> is being held back by the entire Hollywood faction as Bischoff kind of insults and humiliates Kimberly who um on our program this is the debut of Kimberly as Kimberly Paige's misses yeah. um she did appear as part of the Nitro Girls on our Knights of Nitro special but uh, other than that we haven't really this is obviously, the, at least in our timeline, the start of the association between the two, which mm-hmm. would go on and, and spill into stories of wildly varying quality oh. over the next couple of years. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> you, you just wait for April 2000 if you have never seen it before.
0: Oh, my word. Um, some very, like, hammy acting from Eric Bischoff in this segment. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I hate to say it, Dave, but there's going to be a couple of cancellations on this show uh indeed uh and most of them uh do belong to eric bischoff <laughs> um <laughs> talk to me about what what did you like again you know it's one of those things where we're kind of we're aware on the program that looking back on this stuff with 2020 eyes and all we know now like a lot of this stuff is not above board, like. You know, for instance, the very fact that Hulk Hogan is on this program, and you look at what the things we know about Hulk Hogan and his beliefs and things in 2020, uh, obviously that's more than a little complicated to try and dissect. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, at least that part of him isn't in your face as you're watching these this program. But this angle, I thought, was uh, for want of a better term, beyond the pale. It was. I found it c- quite uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Like we we always point out, like nineteen ninety eight is a different time to twenty twenty. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's it's just like seeing a woman restrained by a gang of men. Yeah, and her husband has been made to watch as she's like basically degraded. Mm. Very like, I, sh- I should add verbally. It's not like the, yeah. like she's being restrained, so it is a bit physical, but it's not.
0: Yeah. You know, it's there's a- no, yeah, there, there's no kind of physical violence happening or even really, I would say the threat of physical violence, like the threat of physical violence seems to be entirely directed towards him.
1: No, but um, it's, it's still the image that you're left with yeah
0: it's it's the imagery and it's the it's the looming like they don't outrightly say it but they could beat her up if they wanted in this situation like so it's when we say it's a different time that's not us apologizing Mm -hmm. for it anyway like i think we both felt deeply uncomfortable watching this segment and
1: Um, i think what makes it worse well almost makes it worse I, i don't know if it makes it worse it's the fact that you know Page and Bischoff are close friends and obviously Kimberly yeah. would have been like a friend of Bischoff. I uh, yeah, you could say that. If look uh, I'm, if not they, get, the legendary I'm not gonna rumors get into those rumors there Yeah.
0: I think it's one of the it, that's one of the first ones, you know, we talk about we've talked before. I don't know if we've talked on the programme before, but you know, anybody who's been around on the internet for a while all knows about the the legendary Angel Fire list mm-hmm. of urban legends in professional wrestling and yeah, that's that's one of the ones that like when, like whenever you bring up any of those figures in a conversation, you're never too far away from somebody going, "Yeah, but did you hear about them?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so, yeah, we aren't gonna buy into that stuff on here, but they were like, I, I think from everything we know about Paige and Bischoff, like the two guys, like they were neighbors, they were best friends. Um, they they were, yeah, that we leave it that. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was deeply uncomfortable, and I didn't like it. Um And I thought it was funny, though, because at the, the end of this segment, Tony says he reckons it's the worst thing the NWO have ever done. And I was like, yeah, probably. Oh, they ran over Savage in a car like three <laughs> months ago. <laughs> and like, I don't want to get into like the hierarchy of crime, but like vehi- attempted vehicular homicide is pretty bad, I would say. I mean, yeah. Um, th- yeah
1: there's like also the fact that they beat people up with baseball bats and like assaulted numerous people
0: yeah and I would say that among the the greatest crimes uh, ever committed was that Bash at the Beach main event Um, (laughs) like they should have been in The Hague for that if you ask me
1: Um, that was a visual assault (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah and speaking of assaults our first match on the program we have Giant versus Liz Mark Jr and uh, by the time they even identify that the man in the ring with Giant is Liz Mark Jr this thing is basically over he, he was getting uh, choke slams. <laughs> yeah Liz Mark he jumps Giant flurry of punches attempts a springboard gets caught midair, choke slam, win um, I mean and you know look, what that, that's how the Giant should be booked yes one it's how the Giant should be booked and two it's like look if you're gonna squash somebody don't fuck about you know what I mean yeah. and it's not like Giant has this array of really cool manoeuvres that we'd like to see you know so like when Goldberg squashes somebody you you want to see the the, the gorilla press power slam or you want to see him uh, do his his roll through into a knee bar or <laughs> stuff like that before he goes to the finish mm. uh, with Giant it, it's just entrances and finishers he, like he's he is the entrances and finishes wrestler you don't want All to see you, you do, do the alley-oop him... <laughs> yeah <laughs> cool <laughs>
1: what was his other one he had the alley-oop and what was his other one with the with the leg The final no the final cut was that what he called it I think that might have I think been been that was yet. the original final cut and then Goldust stole that name for the uh, spinning suplex
0: yeah oh Jesus but yeah he's the ultimate like you wanna well especially when it came to his WWF tenure you just wanted to hear the world and then you wanted to see a showstopper and then that's all you wanted um but yeah, so he wins, and now he's on the microphone, and he says he has something to say. He says uh, everywhere he's going, people are talking about Goldberg. Goldberg's name is on the belt, but it's uh, his name has been on it much longer. Uh, in something that I think like it's just it's legally required for all NWO people to say in a promo. Uh, he says that if Goldberg is looking for him, he's not hard to find. Uh, he says that he is the future of professional wrestling, not Goldberg. He doesn't think he can beat Bill Goldberg. He knows he can. So this is, they're putting an awful lot of build on this show into a battle royal, Um, which, you know, look, (laughs) if you really want to make a battle royal worthwhile, yeah, put some heat into it. Now, I haven't ever seen this battle royal uh, and I can't say I'm looking forward to watching it on Road Wild, but I would imagine it probably doesn't deliver on the build that's put onto it on this show.
1: Do you know what I'm worried about? That the final two matches are going to be the Battle Royal and that fucking tag match. Yeah. And, I mean, Royal Rumbles have a chance to be good because, yes. you know, they, they can be broken down into different segments. Yeah. Battle Royals don't really have that opportunity. And, no. When you have two different versions of the NWO and one WCW guy in a match, I. Mm. Yeah. Uh, You know, call me crazy, but I'm not going to hold my breath that this thing's
0: going to be good. So it's, yeah, it's like, it's one of those kind of unwritten rules of wrestling that battle royals are almost always bad. Like, standard battle royals. Like, almost always bad. Um, Like, I would be scratching my head trying to think of really... I know one of the pre-show battle royals that uh, AEW did was really good. Um, And their one at the very first all-in show was pretty decent. Um... Outside of that, I'm trying to think back at ones WWE, WWF have done. Um, there was the one where Kurt Angle showed up as a surprise and won the World Heavyweight Title,
1: didn't he? That was a SmackDown. Battle Royale, wasn't SmackDown, it? Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, apart from that, like I'm really scratching my head. Royal. So, Battle Royals so are there just...
1: you go. You're saying that was two that was possible in your like what twenty odd years watching wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I guess the very first Andre won, and that's really just the the end with the Cesaro finish. Yeah, that's all. Be, that's that all people show.
1: remember about that. That's not. Wasn't a good yeah. match.
0: No, no, it wasn't. Um, so yeah, there was that, and I was actually in person for one of the Andre Battle Royals, and it was the one that uh, Big Barry Banter Corbin won. So uh, that'll that'll tell you um, how that was. I don't think I need to get into any more detail on that. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of a lot of hype being put into this battle royal that almost certainly won't deliver. Um, speaking of which, we get a Goldberg video package next. Don't think this was as good
1: as the one that we loved from a few months ago. No, the, um, the music was poor and it ends with the giant chokeslamming in Goldberg, so I'm not sure how it was about yeah. Goldberg. I think this
0: should have more been put forward as a hype package for the Battle Royal mm-hmm. than for Goldberg specifically because yeah it starts and finishes with Goldberg on the back foot because it shows his locker room being defaced by the NWO at the start and it shows him eating a choke slam at the end from the giant um the middle part I think was okay for Goldberg because it was kind of just like the message was Goldberg has destroyed everybody mm. who's next so I, I like that part
1: I, I'm wondering um, has Goldberg Jack giant joined yet I don't think he
0: has has he? Um, I don't know if he has on our program he's, he's 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 got a couple of big fuckers up for that he got Reese up, up thunder,
1: right, but I don't yep. think he's done the giant yet um, not on anything we <sighs> but I think that happens on the Nitro for the first time hmm well
0: we're gonna see if it happens again at the uh, or for the first time at Road Wild so stay tuned everybody <laughs> Uh, Lex Luger is out and Malibu Stacey has a new shirt <laughs> Um, so this is the kind of I remember this as like the iconic mm-hmm. wolf pack shirt like obviously it's the red and black NWO version but this is the one when I think of the wolf pack in my head the kind of red uh, sleeveless t-shirt that the, all the guys are wearing with the, the black wolf and the kind of slightly glow in the dark eyes on it um, yeah it's uh, by 1998 standards Lee probably a cool t-shirt by now, it's a, your dad isn't taking the divorce very well. T-shirt.
1: <laughs> that that's a good, uh, good analogy. Yeah, I definitely wanted it at the time, but you know, if I got it now, I'd be like, yeah, thanks. I think I'll wear it at home. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah.
0: No. It's one of those shows that you couldn't wear in real life; that you could only wear to a wrestling show, but then you'd be cringy wearing that. Like that to a wrestling show as well. But can I
1: just say it's like better than ninety percent of the merch that wrestlers put out nowadays as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if for nothing else, only that it isn't a black t-shirt. <laughs> um, yeah. That they reverse the colours on that because they very could have easily done the other way around and it just would have been bog standard. Um, Lex says, just like every building he sets foot in lately, the Wolfpack is for sure in the house. I tell you what, uh,
1: you've sounded less enthusiastic saying
0: that. Yeah, like the message of what he's saying here is like, God, if he delivered this with half an ounce of passion, because look, Lex has his many considerable faults. But, uh, you know, he, as we all know from the t-shirts are too tight too, Billy. uh, (laughs) When he puts a bit of effort in, like he does come off as passionate. And I think he had the words here. He wasn't stumbling over the words. But yeah, he just sounded like he was sleepwalking through this.
1: I think with an ounce of effort, this could have been a really good problem. I think by the end of it, he actually grows into it and he gets into it. But, like, yeah, the he start is just, like... feeling himself a little. He's literally just talking. He's just, like, yeah, every building they go to, the Wolfpack's in the house. And you're just, like... Like, come on, <laughs> man. He's getting tired of the
0: Wolfpack. It's, like, everywhere I fucking go, the Wolfpack is here.
1: Fuck's sake.
0: <laughs> um... He says that the, uh, the uh, NWO Hollywood is for life, but the Wolfpack is forever. Hollywood can, and I, and I liked this this part, because mm. he's like, the Holly, Hollywood can try to divide them, jump them from behind, but through adversity, the Wolfpack grows even stronger. The crowd really reacted to that. He says, yes, all factions will fight on Saturday, but he isn't leaving the building tonight until the Red and Black gets in a fight with the Black and White. Uh, he calls out Scott Hall, says to bring his friends, and Conan and Sting come out, literally just to show that they are there. <laughs> to be fair they've promised on people being there that haven't before so yeah yeah it's like they, at this point they have to trot them out in front of everybody to prove that they're in the building because there are a couple of notable people uh, that weren't on, in the building until much later in the
1: program as we'll talk about I ha- um, I had a thought as Sting came out so because Sting showed up as Crow Sting Black and White Sting on uh, Nitro yeah yeah so I was hoping when Scott Hall came out later in the evening I was hoping Black and White Sting came out with him yeah So then we'd get like a five man, six man tag a la the gymnastics or the the Angel Cruisers, sorry, with Tyler (laughs) Bates against British strong style and OTT.
0: If uh, (laughs) the the match Lee is referencing there is worth looking up. It's it's free on YouTube from Over the Top Wrestling in Dublin, and yeah, it's um there was a long running thing where uh, uh, one of the Irish wrestlers. Angel Cruz was teaming with Tyler Bate, but he thought Tyler Bate was Tyler Breeze. So when him and his new partner be cool challenge British Strong Style, which obviously features Tyler Bate, he didn't realise the conflict necessarily. Um but Tyler, Tyler
1: Bate obviously played into it by entering with both teams. Yes, yeah, so Tyler Bate
0: is on both teams in a six man a five man six man tag match um, that also involves two children. Yeah, two. Yeah, two. <laughs> Two two minors as bouncers for one of them. Look, it's uh, it 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 beggars belief. Uh, it's hard to describe in words, but uh, it's not a matte classic. But if you go onto YouTube uh, and look up the match on OTT's YouTube, uh, it's one of the better comedy matches you'll you'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I know myself and Lee. You probably will be able to catch us on the the camera at some point. I would
1: imagine, considering we were like second row ringside. Yeah, um, that's what, If you ever want to see us together, like that's. All those OTT Tivoli shows, yeah.
0: Uh, the the most uh, The most notable uh, Lee Malone moment from OTT is uh, being able to hear uh, an audible Lee Malone. Oh fuck! When <laughs> when Jimmy Havoc shows up at one point,
1: <laughs> no, that's not the most audible one. It's uh, when Devlin Starr opened the show in Tala. Oh yeah, I'm right in front oh, of the the commentators, and all you hear to open the show is fucking hell.
0: Yeah, yeah, we all started tur- turn around, roaring abuse, and Lee was the Lee was the one that was most audible. Uh, good times. Uh, next up, I mean, bad times. As Malenko's shite shirt and his joggers
1: are here, he just God, he looked a fucking state on this program, didn't he? You want to talk about somebody not taking a divorce well? He, no, he, yeah, he's, this he's is take, this, he's taking that brow beating by heart. Yeah, this is like uh, instead of Dad isn't
0: taking a divorce well, it's like. This is Dad Sunday, and is he fuck putting on trousers to go out and do the lawn? He's just gonna put on his cottons and get out there. Yeah. Um. So, in possibly we went from maybe the worst moment of the show with uh, Malenko looking like a slob to the best moment of the show so quickly, uh, and a moment that I believe this was what you wanted to alert me mm-hmm. of, uh, Lee, as about halfway down the ramp, Jericho just walks into frame. <laughs> Already shouting and roaring at Dean Malenko, stinko Malenko. He just hits Um, hits
1: all the hits and just buries Malenko. He's
0: he's questioning Dean Malenko's integrity, saying that he kissed a lot of butt uh, to get this role that he has. And in what, like, so he's wearing these gigantic sunglasses. Mm -hmm. Um, Ridiculous. Like, not edging Christian level in terms of size, but like in terms of pomposity, very early 90s pompous sunglasses. And as he's cutting this very, like, serious stone phase promo about Malenko's integrity, he, to to accentuate his point, tears off his sunglasses to reveal <laughs> another <laughs> pair of sunglasses.
1: I oh, lost at that stage. Oh. oh, I
0: was gone. It was very much Sting taking off the Sting yeah. mask to reveal he was Sting. And it was just this little pair of, like, almost kind of, uh, like, uh, Liam or Noel Gallagher like that, so, that's that's exactly colours. what I
1: thought.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Those kind of are purple sunglasses. Uh, I absolutely. I, I don't remember anything else that was said. I was in tears. I was on the floor. Uh, God bless Jericho. <laughs> the smallest of cameos in this program, but my God, he, what an impression that guy show. makes! Absolutely stole yeah. the show.
1: Um. Then obviously the the next match is Huvy, who's taking on Jericho on Sun on Saturday for the Cruiserweight yeah. title. Um, uh, it's Huvy against Ekosis and Tony Schiavone. Is absolutely ripping into Chris Jericho, and yeah. he is having none of this. He says he hopes Malenko screws him. He wants him yeah. to call. The, doesn't want him to call it down the middle. He wants him to favour Hoovy. He wants. He yeah. wants him to beat up Jericho, and yeah. Tony is just fucking fantastic. And the two lads are just like, but he can't. He's like, no, nope, yeah, that I've, I've had enough. <laughs> yeah, Tony's lost it. Like he's spent. He spent the whole year
0: watching uh, Jericho run roughshod over his division and, like, undermine Tony whenever he tries to get a straight answer out of him. And, yeah, he's just he's just reached his limit with the man. Uh, and it's just something that, like... Because this is obviously a spot on the show where nobody is paying attention to what Jericho mm-hmm. is doing, and he's just being given carte blanche to just be weird as hell. And it's amazing when you look at that, and you look at, like, some of the stuff he he's doing nowadays... Um, and how entertaining he still is, and the things he's doing. Something that really has been rattling around in my head about, uh, because I have listened a lot to the the Grapple Spotlight podcast recently, and, and Benno's beating the drum on like uh, how you look at Jericho, who is way more of like an industry icon and a locker room leader than say Triple H ever has been. Mm-hmm. Uh, even this week, like as we're recording this show, the 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 dynamite that's happening this week, like Jericho is putting upon himself to re- to give Sugar Dunkerton Dunkerton the biggest break of his career by giving him a singles match on Dynamite, which as Benno points out, like he doesn't have to do that at all. No, like he, like he's Chris Jericho. He doesn't even have to wrestle on TV if he doesn't want to. Like
1: a throwaway comment, taking a shot at like you know a fan in the crowd, like what six yeah. weeks ago on Dynamite, yeah, has now built into a match. Yeah, um, and like
0: the the thing, the other thing that I picked that I I keep rattling around my head from Grapple is like in two thousand, you know, because they had their feud, mm-hmm. um, their feud. You look at Jericho and you look at Triple H, and boy, they went with the wrong guy <laughs> for obvious
1: reasons. Yes, that you know, it's you have to take all that into account. Not to defend Triple H because I'm not going to. But, yeah, you know, <laughs> because you can't. We all know the reasons, but yeah, definitely. If you yeah. if you've never listened to uh, Grapple Spotlight, definitely check it out because they've been on a roll the last couple of weeks. Like you, you yeah. think we go off the track on what yeah. we're supposed to talk it's, about? It's it's my favorite
0: wrestling podcast. Um, to the the one today uh, where uh, the the good the the, the good uh, the good Rev Joe himself, uh, shall we say,
1: dissects Money. I was in the bank. just going to say his breakdown of Money in the Bank is. Uh,
0: I, I will I will tease one joke because I tweet out where he describes uh, Marty McFly going off the top of this casino in Back to the Future Part Two as a false finish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm getting nearly, nearly passed out listening to that. Um, actually, actually, anyway, what did,
1: what did you think of that Money in the Bank match? Just while we're on the subject,
0: um, so I think the level of entertainment you derive from it is proportionate to the amount of hope you have for that company. I have zero. So I was just enjoying uh, fiddling as Rome burned. So I was laughing at how bad and stupid it was. Uh, I wouldn't ever purport to say it was any good. I would probably give it a dud rating. Uh, but I was laughing along with it, but not in the way they wanted me to, is, is the best way I would put it. Yeah,
1: so I I obviously get up early for work, so I got up about- I think it was, I got up about an hour earlier than I would. Not because I I wanted to, I just woke up and I said, ah, fuck it, it's an hour. I may as well get up. And I said, ah, I'll get up, have some breakfast, stick on Money in the Bank, watch the Money in the Bank match. Yeah. And I watched it. And I got very angry because it was fucking shite. It wasn't funny.
0: Yeah. Again, not in the way you want it to be. If you're looking at it going, this is what they think is funny, I found that very
1: funny. Like the most enjoyable part for of it for me was Daniel Bryan walking into t- laughing. Yeah, just not taking it yeah.
0: seriously at all. Like he knows. Um Yeah, that's the only part that would make me angry because I think like um everybody else in this match I've kind of written off them ever doing anything with. Um and like even AJ, who I love, I'm just mm-hmm. like, look, AJ's in his forties now. He owes the business nothing. Let him just sit back, do his comedy, and collect his money now. At this point, Brian is the only one I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yep,
1: like give him anything else, you know. And and to the top it um, of all off, a fucking comedy character won the match.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh I think the bit the, the bit that was the because, like all of it was the only bit that made me outright angry during the match was uh the bit where because it breaks even the internal logic of how stupid this was, uh, is the moment where uh big big beach ball, Big Breakfast Corbin, uh tries to stop Asuka from going for a completely different briefcase. Well, you also have taken the fact that Baron Corbin is a moron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, you do have to take that into account, don't you? Anyway, let's, let's retreat back to 1998 where things were simpler. And we got Hoovy versus Cicosis with uh, Dean Malenko as special ref. And one thing I will say, um, it kind of undermines how much the guys were trying to put over how great a referee Dean was being. Because he was calling it down the middle and Tony was talking about how, look, if you don't notice the referee, then you're doing a really good job but like you kept drawing attention to the referee guys I couldn't I, I wasn't able to find the time to not pay attention to him because you kept pointing out that he was there and talking about him also his fucking um,
1: awful t-shirt
0: yeah Oh. would he not just wear the stripes <laughs> like for exactly. sex sake like, no one's going to buy your fucking merch come on Um. so yeah it's a fast start to this match Hoovy and Psychosis were on the record here in this show like they have great chemistry together I, I would happily mm-hmm. watch this on Thunder most weeks um, sooner than I'd watch a lot of the main event programmes. Um there's a moment here where Hoovy gets up on the top rope to go hit a a diving head scissors, and I think he invents a dab when he's doing this. Did you notice this? I didn't. He appears to like so he gets up on the top rope and like while Sicosis is getting up before he goes to hit the diving head scissors, he he essentially like dabs with both arms. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Like Hoovy, an absolute innovator, it has to be said. Um one of my absolute so I, I talk I'm trying to kind of be more positive when I do some of these match reviews and kind of not just go uh, move by move and talk about mm-hmm. all the shit and stuff like that so I'm trying to point out stuff I like so I, I've I've battered on crowd brawling and things like that as being pet hates in professional wrestling but Lee there's a spot here but midway through the match is one of my absolute favourite spots in wrestling when it works and I bet you could probably guess what it is no oh you can't <laughs> Oh,
1: you built me up there, and I'm like, I'm thinking we head I'm oh. going No, well, I, I can't. I like it, because it's right after this. The the standing waist lock
0: bridge is. Ah, I I never yes, yes. you never ever get, get down, bored yeah. of this. No, it's always so cool, especially when they do the full stand and the roll and and keep
1: the waist control. Ah, oh. I, I think it's a great feat of like physical fucking like just work. But yeah. I also prefer when I, it falls apart because it's funnier. Yeah, we
0: see. I I, <laughs> I think that that's the devil on your shoulder, early I I think that uh, the thing I love about it the most. So, like some of the stuff I find impressive about wrestling is the stuff that when I was doing backyard wrestling as a kid and and uh, probably like later on into my teenage years than I would care to admit, um, I when it was stuff that I physically couldn't even figure out how to do. It's kind of like magic tricks. When you see how the trick is done or it's explained to you, it's a bit less impressive, unless it's something that requires an awful lot of ingenuity mm-hmm. and a sleight of hand and stuff like that. When simple wrestling moves are explained to me or if I could physically perform them myself it becomes somewhat less impressive. But I I watched this and not only could, could I obviously not do it, but like for many many years I'm like I can't even figure out how physics works to allow this <laughs> to happen you know that kind of a thing yeah
1: I know. it's you can't wrap your head around it at all yeah
0: yeah it's uh, it's just so cool it's one of my favorite things to see in a match and it's one of the things where people overdo destroyers and super kicks and stuff like that do this spot overdo this I won't get sick of it um then we have a uh, hoovy uh, driver out of nowhere. And it was out of nowhere, Lee, because it wasn't a hoovy driver. I was just going to say, I was like,
1: you have to follow for the <laughs> same trick.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I was like, I, I was typing the bit about the the bridge being the coolest thing ever. And I heard them say, hoovy driver out of nowhere. And I started writing it down. I was like, that happened a bit too quickly. I wasn't looking away for the screen long enough for it to set up a hoovy driver. So rewound it 10 seconds. And yeah, it was just a well, it's DDT. It was a
1: powerbomb counter into a DDT, Yeah, yeah. Um, the crowd are really into Hoovy. I'm literally going to hit that point next. It's how over is Hoovy with this crowd to the point to the point where like they like Sakosis well enough generally
0: mm-hmm. on on WCW, uh, but when he's on top of this match, they are on his case, booing him. Uh, so yeah, he's really like Hoovy is is hitting a stride here in terms of uh, crowd support. Uh, he dumps Sicosis out of the ring. As Hoovy goes for the dive, uh, he hits the ropes, and Jericho appears and nails him with the belt. psicosis uh, then hits the guillotine leg drop to the back of the head, uh, and Jericho cheers as Dean counts three. Um, I like this because I was like, why? why? And then it not only plays into the match on Saturday, mm-hmm. but as well what I like about it is that Jericho is overjoyed because he has outsmarted Dean Malenko again and made him look like an idiot.
1: So yeah, I, I'm fully on board. I I really enjoyed this match. I thought this was a great little TV match. This is I'd love to have a match like yeah. this every week. Um, Too short, obviously, by half for what we like. But yeah, oh, you to take it though. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love the finish. Obviously, it plays into his problems with Hoovy. He's after screwing Hoovy. He fucked over Malenko and proved he's a moron. <laughs> yeah and then I, lo- I love the guilty yeah. not just made him look like a moron yeah. but categorically proved that he is indeed one so much so that he said yeah he'll do as my referee I'll I'll allow him to yeah, be yeah. my referee because I know I can yeah. outsmart him yeah you can
0: hear him saying down yeah. the camera laser, oh yeah he can definitely be my referee as we go to the master
1: lock lock of the night yeah. and I, I have to say hang on I love the guilty and leg drop I think it's it's one of my favourite finishes yeah. in WCW I yeah. love psychosis. The uh, uh, the way just yeah. when he hits it. I don't know. I don't know if it's unique to him or it's. Mm. I just think it looks great. Obviously, long term for the arse, not great. Oh no! But, uh,
0: but in terms of yeah, it it, it looks fantastic uh, in execution. And here's the
1: other thing: um, if Hoovy wins on Saturday, psychosis yeah. is set up for a title shot.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh the cruiserweight division uh, by virtue of not being paid attention to is maybe the most consistently well booked Mm -hmm. division in this company and probably has been most of the time we've been watching the show Uh, which I think to anybody you know who knows a little bit about WCW history it won't be surprised because that's the thing people say is undercard fantastic and the closer you get to the main event the worse it gets um I I did think that the master lock lock of the night was entirely too close to Smooth Jimmy's lock of the week uh, for me to not think of that Um, Next up we have everyone's favourite late night talk show Lee, can I just ask you as somebody who maybe wasn't watching at the time uh, who has only gone back in dribs and drabs to WCW, had you ever seen NWO Nightcap before? Yes I
1: had Okay. Have you seen this specific one, no. or had you seen I've, the other I've, I've seen clips. I haven't seen. Yeah. I won't pre- profess to have seen like a full part of it, but I know
0: what it is. Okay. So you knew what was coming yes. when they were talking about how we have in the previous match. They were talking about how the set is mm-hmm. here, the band is here. Um, and I, I so, want to say
1: I love the house band.
0: Yeah. Okay. So the first this is what I was going to say. The first forty-five
1: seconds to a minute of
0: this was my favourite thing.
1: I I (laughs) love the show. The the, uh, lead singer or whatever he is, the fucking, the guy that introduces Bischoff. Yeah. He's (laughs) great.
0: Oh, it's, it's like, uh, it's like uh, a motel house band. Um, They're the NWO Orchestra, which I think, uh, Brain calls them this in the previous segment and Tony nearly loses it at the suggestion that they're an orchestra. Uh, They play on, what you going to say, Sorry? I'd, I'd
1: be nearly sure that this band are the ones behind the music that plays in the trip bar in Oberhausen.
0: <laughs> yeah, possibly. That's the most <laughs> niche reference we'll ever make on this show. You, you, um, you can just
1: hear them playing Hotel California.
0: Oh, yeah. This is... A, it's it's the... The hotels uh, around Oberhausen where we go to the the WXW events are notorious for Muzak covers of popular songs. Uh, it's almost worth the trip alone, to be honest. Um... So yeah, the first 45 seconds of this, you have the the kind of smarmy intro for the band leader, which is very kind of the way that they parody late night mm-hmm. TV in the states here. I love. Um so yeah, he's he's doing it and he very much reminds me of like <laughs> they are to the this is like if anybody ever saw the Muppets reboot from 2012, <laughs> right? They They are to the because if you think about the parallel on WWF, the band that's showing up a lot is the DX band, (laughs) and these are different things. Yeah. Um. So they are to the DX band what the Muppets are to the Muppets in that movie, where it's just like this rinky-dink kind of version. But like, I think for the context of what they're doing here. This band works perfectly. I think if it was a band as cool as the D, like I, 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 say big air quotes on cool, um, but if they were intended to be cool, like the DX band were intended to be cool, oh, it wouldn't have worked. I don't think this
1: would have been as funny. No, th- this was so on the nose and such a brilliant yeah. parody of yeah, like a late night talk show that it worked. Yeah, because they were smarmy, yeah. they looked cheap, they were shite, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were all wearing faux leather jackets.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: oh my god so so fucking good um and i think didn't one of them have the uh the backwards like the fucking the backwards paddy cap what are they called oh the like the yeah yeah i know the ones you got, the hats. The, the kangol hats that everyone was wearing around that time well Sa- sam yeah, jackson yeah. used to the sam jackson be renowned yeah. with them
0: oh my god yeah it was it was really good as uh, so then <laughs> eric and liz come out and and really badly dubbed cheers over the crowd like they're showing shots of the crowd actively booing as mm-hmm. there's like this canned kind of <laughs> which loves that I tell you what how,
1: how uncomfortable did Liz look
0: oh my god like his there's various points during his because he goes into a late night style monologue here Um, there are various points where they obviously cut to Liz and Liz's only direction is Laugh. Uh, everything yeah. Eric says is the funniest thing you've ever heard and she looks so uncomfortable because either like there's a little bit of whenever she's in an acting acting role, she's a little bit uncomfortable because mm. she's not like she's not a worker. You know what I mean? Um, So she is a little bit uncomfortable, but combined with the fact
1: that I'm sure she genuinely didn't think anything Eric was saying was funny. No, but not even not Even just walking out with him and like Bischoff has his yeah. arm around her and I'm just like, <sighs> yeah, it, it doesn't look good. No. No.
0: Um, but Eric Eric is fabulous at the start here because he is absolutely drinking in the fake cheers he is loving it and I think it's the first time because I usually hate when he comes out and does a smarmy thank you you're a great audience I, see, stuff. I, I love that <laughs> I see I, I, I don't re- like right okay hate is a strong word like I'm just kind of like I'm over it yeah okay but I think this is the time where it really clicked for me where I'm just like he is at the point where he has instructed production to pipe in cheers um, and, you know, to hammer home the point, but not in a way that, like, if WWE was doing this, the commentators would spend the whole segment going, those aren't actually cheers, that's pre-recorded. You know, they'd be yeah. explaining the Gil- joke Gilbert. to you. Yeah, all they needed to do was pipe in the cheers while showing the crowd actually yeah. doing. That's all they needed. That's it it didn't did need uh, piping in, like, you know, yeah. talking about it. So then he goes into this late-night-style monologue with Liz kind of uncomfortably uh, laughing in the background. Uh, And it's all about, like, Leno having a huge head at first. Um, And the thing I liked about this, all the jokes were shite, but the fact that they were doing a roll-on snare drum and canned laughter put it over the top. That I was kind of like, for the first part here, before he gets into the uh, more cancelable jokes later on... um, I was absolutely like, I was like, this is great because he's telling lame-ass jokes and he's just like, laugh for me, Jacko. Yeah, the, the, like... the content
1: is awful, but he loves it. <laughs> yeah.
0: And he can't, he he can't see how it's awful. hilarious. Yeah, he can't see
1: it.
0: Yeah, it's the emperor's new clothes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he thinks he's the funniest man in the world. Um, so, he's like, up Kevin Eubanks, he's talking about it, he might have a chance of beating up Gary Coleman. It says, Jay has more glass in his jaw than a Mormon tabernacle, which is like, you want to talk about us making niche jokes. Um, <laughs> says uh he saw jay's hair on a state trooper and she was pretty ugly he said he used to rent his head out as a cinema screen which is the most like primary school joke i've heard in a long time it's the only other the only bigger goof he knows possibly is ddp uh, said life was easier when ddp was just asking what do, do you want fries and a coke with that and then it careens off a cliff uh, because then he starts getting into slagging off Kimberly, and you want to talk about a byproduct of the time, like this was during the height of the uh, kind of um, Howard Stern, call it yeah, yeah. Howard Stern, Jerry Springer, um, like slut shaming people mm-hmm. and kind of slagging off and demeaning women on TV for huge ratings. So he gets into some really uncomfortable jokes here about how uh, Kimberly on Monday when that whole situation was going down the only thing she was afraid about was that her outfit was te- would tear and she'd have to go back to a strip club to get a new one. Uh, at this point uh, the Casper Wyoming crowd became my favourite crowd in Thunder history because he tells that joke and someone fucks
1: a beer at his head. <laughs> yeah. And he was well deserved. Which
0: Yeah, which briefly derailed him from the jokes about Kimberly and he started trying to improv about the beer, which didn't go very well. And he went back to his lines about Kimberly then. Uh, And then the one where I was just like off like this so far beyond the pale saying that if Kim doesn't get into the ring, if Kim promises not to get into the ring, then he won't sit on the end of the bed while she works, which is very like, like, yeah, Yeah, I, you know, I'm very glad it's not 1998 anymore. But I feel like even if I had been of age in 1998, a lot of people would still say this was beyond
1: the pale. Um, like that, that, that's, like, WCW was a PG show. and Allegedly. Uh, well, and I understand, you know, you try and sneak, like, before we came on here, like I brought up a joke in The Simpsons that you wouldn't have caught as a kid. Yeah. And I can understand slipping things in like that. But like, Like saying that, like that's just, yeah, it's it's not good. Like anyone that understands it is going to go, like that's fucking that. That's that's just not nice. Like it's a weird thing to say. It's not nice, but like you know what I mean. Like it's not. Yeah, like you said, it's beyond the pale of something you want to hear in a wrestling show, for sure.
0: Um, now. Uh, then we get the the kind of the angle part of this that's fun because like DDP runs onto set and basically just long darts himself over at Bischoff. uh, Proceeds then. The best way I could describe it is he tears the set apart with Bischoff's face. Um, not a bad strategy. (laughs) No, and it's one of those things where you absolutely know the two of them are mates because I don't think anybody but a close personal friend of the boss would take liberties this much with him. Where like like he's proper rough with Bischoff here, throwing him into parts of the set, but uh I loved this bit.
1: Oh yeah, like if ever a beating has been well deserved it was this one. And yeah, like and I, I understand the whole thing with Kimberly is they're trying to humanise Paige even more and make him more yeah. of like the, the people's champion. But like yeah. But like he already was until you fucking you guys fucking nerfed his momentum. Yeah, well that's exactly what I was gonna say. Up until he was involved with Hogan, he was the second most over baby face on the show.
0: Yeah, this was a problem they created Mm -hmm. and they're trying to solve by shaming his wife. Um, I love, at the very end of this beating, like, Bischoff is splat like Wiley Coyote dead on the floor (laughs) um, as DDP is arrested and Giant comes out with a, like, look on his face and peels his corpse off the floor. Like, all he was missing was a giant spatula. Um and it would have been perfect comedy. Uh, then we get a Saturday night tease where we actually get wrestlers on t- a two-hour Saturday night this week with Saturn Nash and Luger all scheduled to appear. Um, and would this be like a? a I wonder. Is it it must be pre-recorded because Saturday is when Road Wild is happening. Um, oh yeah,
1: God! It have to be all pre-recorded. Yeah.
0: Uh, Tony has a note passed to him. He says Hollywood Hulk Hogan was at his hotel room. Uh. ...with his biker friends... ...so apparently just not arsed coming to TV... ...uh... ...and then he saw what happened on Nightcap moments ago... ...and now he's on his way to the arena... ...so they were trying to make it out like this again... ...classic WCW like what logic... ...they were saying that he's... ...he was in the middle of travelling from Denver to Sturgis... ...so
1: he's nearby...
0: ...yeah... ...but like... ...so he wasn't going to be coming to TV... ...so why did he stop in the hotel... apparently beside the arena... ...because he was here in about 20 minutes... Um, it just makes no sense. And then the biker friends just weren't there. (laughs) We'll get into it when he shows up. Yeah. So, um, Meng versus The Hacker is up next. Um, I was thankful that uh, the pace of this match, the very start of it, because they start off punching I'm Like, well, look, Hacksaw absolutely can't uh, hold up this pace. So this match can't be going very long. So I was at least happy about that. Uh, Speaking of not holding up the pace, I have a question.
1: About go on two weeks ago we saw Meng would was it two or three weeks ago we saw Meng destroy Barbarian and Humorous and go after Jimmy Hart so yes. Ming was you know a face yes so why is he facing Hacksaw Jim Duggan who for some reason is a face so now my
0: there's two possibilities here either it's one of those things where he's not fully it's one of those not face but he's face, but in the context of the feud with the barbarian kind of things the barbarian and the lads or it, it it's a thing where because at the end of this match they the commentary makes a suggestion to that there's maybe an uneasy alliance forming between the two of them so maybe they're telling the story through matches where they don't trust each other just yet but you know uh, at the end of this match to to kind of spoil this matt classic uh the hacker comes to the aid of Meng to help him clean house at the end of the match. So maybe that's what they're trying to do here. But again, I think it's one of those cases where we're probably giving them too much credit and they were just like,
1: ah, Meng and Hacksaw, you go out next. Yeah. I just, uh, like, I fucking yeah. know. Anytime like, I heard Duggan's music and I just literally wrote, ah, for fuck's sake.
0: Yeah. Um speaking of not being able to hack the pace, uh Jim Duggan about five seconds into this match goes to run into the corner to chase uh Meng with some sort of like splash or clothesline or something like that. And at the st- at the very start of this match, Hagsaw's running is I, I mean, you could generously describe it as a power walk. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's he's not fit for purpose, is he?
0: No. Uh, A lot of this match is Meng using chokes and nerve pinches that don't require Hacksaw to do a lot. Uh, Meng misses a huge elbow drop and uh, Jim fires up into the corner for the 10 punch. And I am immediately campaigning Lee for the 10 punch spot to be banned from Hacksaw's repertoire. Because in perhaps the worst thing that's ever happened on Thunder, he goes for the 10 punch. And when he jumps down off the ropes, his arse fell out.
1: Maybe I was looking away. I didn't see this. He, not only did his arse fall out, fall out, but the crowd popped
0: massively for it. There was like a... Way! It's, you know, like they'd been to a Hacksaw Jim Duggan peep show or something. Only
1: fans had the forward slash hacksaw.
0: Oh, oh, forward slash the hacker. Oh, good. Fucking gracious me. Oh to disinfect my eyeballs after this one um, well if it's
1: any consolation to you Duggan wouldn't be able to see it anyway
0: yeah I have no memory of if anything happened between his arse coming out and the finish of this match but the next thing I wrote after recovering from being so appalled was that Jimmy Barb and Morris are here and jump Meng for the DQ uh, Jimmy get, gets the 2 by 4 and goes up on the top rope and smacks Meng uh, he dives off with the 2 by 4 and smacks Meng in the head Meng- I, I think you're being very generous saying smacked yeah, bops them lightly. Uh, Meng pops up, uh, Hacker gets the two by four and they clear house and they have an uneasy stare down uh, to end the segment. Thankfully, it didn't um, outstay its welcome, uh,
1: but less arses, please. <laughs> I did love Brain throwing in a comment that Duggan is blind. He's like, uh, Jimmy, all you have to do is stand in front of him and he won't be able to see you." Yeah. <laughs> You can't help himself, come brain.
0: No, no, not at all. Uh, Next, we have Tony here to interview a motorbike. Um, That's exactly how He was there at the microphone as if he was going to conduct an interview with the motorbike. So American Iron Horse Motorcycles are the sponsor for Road Wild. And uh, yeah, he's just here to talk about a motorbike from American Iron Horse. And as this segment cuts to to what goes on next, uh, brain... (laughs) Alludes to his hog being greased up and ready to go, which I'm sure there was silence from uh, the lads on commentary, and I'm
1: sure it was them hitting their cough button. Yeah.
0: uh, Um, Because I'm
1: sure he got them. I was just going to say, I couldn't help but notice, like, obviously, Giovanni is there interviewing the motorcycle. I had the same thought that you did. Yeah. And I couldn't help but think that the motorcycle had more charisma than Tony Storm. (laughs) Oh, here he is. Who he has is. a very similar logo on her uh-huh. attire? Yeah, it just came. It just came, logo, Yeah, yeah, it just came to mind, and I was just like, "Yeah, it's just, the, it's the Marvel is probably a better interview." <laughs> what? No, I'm not <laughs> saying that. No, I'm not touching that
0: one, mate. You're you're staying out there. <laughs> getting the Look, belters. nobody
1: watches NXT UK. It doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> I actually had to think about what brand she's on. <laughs> The um, one that no one watches. I like, yeah. that's all them. Which one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hennig, Rude, Hall, Norton, Vincent, and Brian Adams are here. Uh, Rude says this Saturday for some it will be hog heaven, <laughs> which is a that's a way to put it. But for Goldberg it will be a personal hell. He promises he will not survive the battle royal with Hennig involved. Uh, Scott Hall gets on the mic and speaking of uh, outdated
1: commentary, this promo. Who fucking boy. Well, I'll tell you what. This was the one I was talking about from earlier. Yeah. I think we regret to inform you that in the year 2020, Scott Hall is cancelled.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm right up there with Cebu in terms of shocks. Um, yeah. Uh. We will not dwell on it too long because I feel like this has become too much of a theme of the program so far, but let's just say in the space of 20 seconds, he says that the entire wolf pack has a yeast infection, that Luger was on Queer Street and liking it, and that Conan was a jumping bean. Um, awful Fuck. stuff. That, like... I know... Again, we talked about how, like, uh, shaming women and homophobia as well, see, like, were definitely way more commonplace in 1998... But like racism was definitely still people were definitely aware racism was bad in nineteen ninety
1: eight, right? I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna, I can't even like defend it. Like, but I'm assuming in America yeah, it was I, I'm like. I'm assuming you're not going to put a straw man out for racism. Like, no, I'm assuming in America it was like ah, it's only the Mexicans. Like
0: <laughs> it was just so like, but it's the other just so, stuff like,
1: was just standard
0: like. 1998 horrible thing to say in a promo stuff. I wasn't... I'm not approving of it or excusing it, but I wasn't no. surprised by it. And then when it gets to the flat-out
1: racism, I was like, ooh. But it's ooh. all just so casual.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just firing it out. And the crowd aren't even like, oh. Um, like, can, oh. You,
1: can you imagine somebody going on like TV and calling Pentagon a jumping bean?
0: Yeah. Oh, but I would not ever threaten to displease that man. Um,
1: but like, that's, Jesus, that's a bad example
0: because like... I, I wouldn't say anything to him uh, at the risk of being brutally
1: assaulted <laughs> but like it's all just so casual and it's just, like I was stunned watching this yeah. absolutely like I couldn't believe uh,
0: almost as stunning as that was the fact that after all these things that he thought for about five seconds about the most he can do to bury Sting is by saying oh Sting can't decide what colour to paint his face oh fucking got him wrecked son Jesus. Um, He says that they accept the challenge of the wolf pack and that they are too sweet and that he starts doing his stupid dancing. Uh, Again, also for the Scott Hall alcoholism angle uh, watch, uh, he came out with a a half-drunk beverage that he handed to Vincent. So that stuff is quietly motoring away in the background. Yeah, next. Something, something
1: more to look forward to, isn't it? Yeah. yeah,
0: speaking of something to look forward to, next up, a, a match I know that uh, everything about this was something that Lee wanted to see in wrestling. Stevie Ray versus Mongo for the TV title. Why, God, why? Uh, all I wrote for this when there were spots happening, uh, which only happened for, what, about 45 seconds or a minute, would you say?
1: Yeah, dear dear boats,
0: Still too long. All I wrote was, <laughs> this is shite, Two immobile sacks stumbling around the place. Oh, fuck off, Chavo. Um, Yeah, Chavo came out and he was talking about how he made himself a notary public, just like Stevie did. And look, everybody could do it. He's made himself the TV champion. Uh, He steals the belt. Uh, Stevie starts chasing him. Uh, He gets counted out here at a certain point. Chavo nails him with the belt and attacks. Stevie uh, gets up uh mongo tries to attack but stevie just kind of like in the ultimate burial of mongo like he just brushes him aside <laughs> this man who's allegedly good enough to be a horseman just completely brushed to the side as stevie goes and chases chavo off screen and this segment lasted for about
1: two or three minutes and absolutely everybody in it looks stupid oh yeah this, this served no purpose at all to get anyone over And if Chavo's going to be TV champion, hopefully he can be the not-on-TV champion.
0: Hey, there he is. Or the on-Nitro champion, so we don't have to deal with him. (laughs) Um, Flashback to Scott Steiner. First time really seeing him much in the last couple of weeks. Uh, said he he quit the NWO. Buff came out as uh, a fake Rick Steiner. And I will say, it
1: wasn't the worst fake Rick Steiner, (laughs) you could imagine. Um, The... uh, the kind of painted on facial hair. and Yeah. Is, is, is For what they were doing, it's pretty good. I liked it. So we've gone from Buff being in a wheelchair the last time we saw him, what, about three episodes ago? Yeah, thereabouts. When he to was there with Judy. He, he, he's fully back, on, back in the NWO. Yeah. Uh, although, because it looks like it was part
0: of a segment where Scott was saying he had quit the NWO, so there seems to be a bit of doubt in the air as to whether they're out on their own or whatever. Um, there was fake tears from Scott... Uh, because he had been kind of... They were making fun of Rick, but then they were kind of like trying to obviously emotionally manipulate Rick. The real Rick showed up and uh, whacked him with a steel chair. Uh, Rick Steiner is now here with Tony. And what I love about this is as Tony is trying to explain what's going on, the production accidentally hit the button to start Rick's music <laughs> a few seconds too early. <laughs> and Tony like stopped dead and
1: glared down the camera, which was great. And then he just tells Rick to come out like...
0: Yeah. yeah, he just is like oh come on out, Rick. Uh, yeah, let's just get Rick Steiner out here. Rick comes out in a fabulous double denim ensemble, um, <laughs> and I think what's even better than so he has the 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 kind of denim denim jeans and a denim shirt with sleeves torn off, but what I find like puts it over the absolute top is that he has the shirt tucked in.
1: <laughs> I now have a thought. What? I want to see the Steiners brought in as Orange Cassidy's tough uncles.
0: Oh, yeah, I'd have that. They're going to say, like, I'd like to see Rick Steiner with a country music gimmick. And I'm I'm, I'm with that as well.
1: <laughs> no, imagine, like, the best friends fuck off for a while. So Orange Cassidy needs a, some backup. His big tough uncles. His big tough uncles from Michigan.
0: Yeah, yeah. Tell Scott that he can plug Shoney's all he wants and that Rick can plug his real estate business. and It would be great. I mean, you know, you know, Cody would be all about it. It's funny, like whenever you hear about Rick Steiner, he would go, yeah, he's actually doing really well for himself. Like he invested in a real estate business and like he just he 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 has a couple of restaurants, doesn't he? Yeah, he makes legit money now. Um, uh, And like, it's funny because like he is an absolute maniac and he would not have been one of the people I would have expected that would like be very sensible. But, uh, you know, it goes to show. You can never judge a book by its cover. Uh, He says, since the day that Scott joined the NWO, he wanted to beat the hell out of him. He says it rolled while he's going to do that. And uh, Lee, at least that's what I think he said, because uh, Rick shows up at two points in this program. And when Rick goes on a a kind of like passionate tirade, I find him almost indecipherable. I was reaching for the WWE Network to try and put subtitles on (laughs) before this segment ended. But, uh, yeah, he goes about 100
1: miles an hour here. I'll be honest. I stopped that Shivani calling out Steiner because I couldn't grasp what the fuck he was saying. Yeah.
0: And it's not like... It's just that he's speaking so quickly. You know, like, I just lost it all. Um, I'm assuming he's facing Scott. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tanay is now here. And they're hyping up Hogan's imminent arrival at the arena. And Brain says he certainly hopes Jay Leno is watching. And they're all kind of hyping up that Hogan is going to just, like, fucking tear the place apart when he gets here. And he does fuck all. But, again, we'll talk about that when it comes to it. Uh, we get an Aaron Anderson video package. And I think by the standards of 1998 WCW video packages, uh, some of the stuff in here I liked a lot. They talk, like, it's such a shame that they're not building up to him being a wrestler because he's not a wrestler anymore. Uh, so it to that end, it's poor... But uh, some of the stuff they picked to put in this video package, I loved. In particular, the line about Aaron gives in a promo saying, "My face burned into your memory mm-hmm. as long as I want it to be." Um, what did you think of this video package? I thought uh, the the graphics were really cheesy.
1: Oh, the graphics were cheesy, but I thought this was great. And it's yeah. uh, it's like an ultimate tease, isn't it? Because you just want them to come back yeah. and be Aaron Anderson so much.
0: Yeah. The um the the graphics were out of like it were something straight out of you know the share zone on Twitter. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. Uh, but yeah, it looked like... It, yeah, this was hyping up an Aaron Anderson match we weren't going to get, uh, which is the only real downside. Uh, I also love Brain as the video package was ending up. Is that old footage of Aaron? I was wondering where he got that
1: rug. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> and you know, you know that would have helped Aaron as well. Yeah, yeah. Um.
0: Next we have Saturn versus Canyon, or is it... Uh, the commentators as the music is playing and Canyon isn't showing up they say he show- no showed no-showed Nitro and hasn't
1: shown up here. Um, Have we talked about how much of a bop Canyon's music is? It's great. Love it. I think it's great. I think it's one of the best yeah. songs in the show. Yeah, I like it a
0: lot. Um, I, I also think that um, they're kind of like it's funny because Raven has essentially been, is the only one in the entire company, I think, that has basically been in one continuous, it's the same storyline he's been in since the very start. And it's just really interesting to me when I think of it as a whole body about the ways in which it's mutated. And Saturn has been there for most of it. But the way it's revolved in and out, people like Benoit and DDP and and things like that is uh, it's really impressive as a piece of kind of, again, it's probably because it's so middle of the card that, people aren't really paying attention to it. Yeah, and that, somebody as good as Raven is being let run.
1: You can imagine Raven is just running stuff by Bischoff. Yeah. And Bischoff's like, yeah, that's fine. And uh, But like, we we were always talking about the NWO family drama at the start. Mm-hmm. And still, we're talking about NWO versus NWO. Mm. And you compare that to this Raven, like the, the flock stuff. Like yeah. the flock stuff has basically been gone since... Like it's been trouble in the flock since basically February.
0: Yeah, like well, like since the very start of Thunder, we we've had the the Raven DDP feud, um, and that was all about Raven's past, and mm-hmm. the Saturn stuff is all about Raven's past, and the flock are interspersed with all that. So like, yeah, it's been it's essentially been one
1: continuous storyline for nearly eight months, and and like you say, the way it's it's mutated out and um. Like, people have kind of changed allegiances and they've grown as characters. Yeah. And, like, you compare that to the NWO Hollywood. Mm. And the other thing is that the storyline has
0: delivered in as much as it's given payoffs to small parts of the feud Mm -hmm. to get DDP out of it. Uh, or to get Benoit out of it. Um, but what the other thing it's done is that it's delivered on either giving you a good match as part of the storyline, or at least, if it's a dud match or a match that is a fuck finish, it at least advances the storyline, usually. You know, you know it's going to
1: keep going. It's going to go somewhere even more interesting.
0: Yes, it's not just like your NWO main event of Thunder where it's just, oh, we're just brawling, DQ, we gotta go, you yeah. know, uh, every week. It feels like okay, I, you know, I might be annoyed in the minute that I didn't get this Raven match that I'd hoped I was getting, but at least I can see what they're trying the, to do here. The, and
1: the motivation for the character not to do, it like...
0: Yeah, and doing fuck finishes and kind of, like, manipulating people like that is kind of what you expect from Raven as well. Yeah. You know, there's a kind of logic to it. Mm-hmm. Um, But anyway... um, oh, Where was I here? Uh, I'm, I'm losing my pull. Ra- Raven comes out. Yeah, so, yeah, Raven comes out. um, He says that only he knows how it will play out, that Saturn dances to the tune Raven plays for him. Um, There's a lot of heavy implication here from the commentary and from Raven that Raven has talked Canyon around to Mm -hmm. joining him, um, which I think is interesting. It's like they're kind of teasing as like, oh, Perry, you know, are you showing up for Because the match at the pay-per-view is supposed to be a triangle match with Saturn, Canyon and Raven. And the tease here is Raven going, "Oh Saturn, are you showing up for a triangle match or are you showing up for a handicap match now?" And he says to get him ready for tonight, it's not going to be the match he thought he was here for. It's going to be him, and uh, it's going to be him in a handicap match against Riggs and Sick Boy. Um, so that match starts. Uh, Lodi almost immediately. Hang on, hang on. Hang oh, hang sorry, on.
1: sorry. I was just going to say as a banisher of Thunder Road. Oh. I'm gonna to have to say this is his first martial arts division title defense.
0: Okay, in so, spite of it,
1: in spite of it being a handicap
0: match. So we're 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 officially on the path that that young parents Saturn is the the martial arts division champion.
1: Of course he is. I said he was.
0: I know. I'm just making sure you haven't. <laughs> you know, you're a capricious uh, banished door. So you know, you might have decided that it was on rigs now this week for all I know. Um, are, are you
1: there questioning my? my um what what's the words rulings yeah well i was going to say um my competency as banishor 100% yeah. i've been attempting to undermine that since the very start of this
0: <laughs> ridiculous fucking farce of a procedure um but we, Listen, we'll the, s- the
1: people have spoken they they <laughs> we'll believe st- in me <laughs>
0: The people, are, the people are already regretting it, I can imagine. Um, not at all, not at all. L- Lodi almost immediately interferes, and he had a, a sign saying Saturn broke my fingers or something to that effect, but as the commentators pointed out, it was actually Raven that broke his fingers on Nitro. Um <clears throat> And when he immediately interferes, Saturn just stomps on the freshly broken fingers, <laughs> which was gas. Uh, Saturn nearly submits Sick Boy immediately with a cross arm breaker before the bad guys take control. Uh, Saturn fires up Chuck Sick Boy out of the ring, hits the Death Valley driver and wins, defending his martial arts division title. Uh, Raven, this I love this little moment where as he's picking up the victory, Raven is running out of the ring to attack him at the mm-hmm. bell, but Saturn is so quick that when Raven gets into the ring Saturn is back up to meet him on his feet
1: it's like he knew what was coming yeah I love that
0: yeah because he knows the flock and he knows their playbook Mm -hmm. Um, and just as he gets his hands on Raven he's interrupted by the guys Uh, Saturn tries to fight back nearly gets back to Raven but then eats an even flow so again a lovely bit of storytelling here where you all you had Saturn has it in his brain that he's able to outsmart the flock that he has most of their playbook uh, Raven is having to go outside the usual flock pool and try and talk someone new in to kind of destabilise Saturn ahead of the match and just as you think you're about to get the payoff of Saturn getting his hands on Raven fucking even flow and it's over I, I, really like good if
1: you, if you take this segment from beginning to end like, yeah. like you say you point out like the, the swings roundabouts it's gone from Raven has outsmarted Saturn that he he's got Canyon on his side now and now it's a handicap match Saturn still kicks ass, wins the handicap match, and knows Raven is going to jump him, and yeah. yet somehow Raven still comes out on top. Mm-hmm. Like just uh, that, that, that—it's not even five minutes. The segment, yeah, and it's one of the best
0: things on the show. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have uh, Disco Inferno with uh, Tokyo Magnum versus Eddie Guerrero. Seemed to be a little bit of confusion at first from commentary, who thought the two of them were tagging. Um, Magnum is now coming out to Alex Wright's music but Alex Wright nowhere to be found and they're all speculating that now Tokyo Magnum is the second member
1: of the Dancing Fools and has replaced Alex Wright well maybe um, Alex Wright was thrown off the top of uh, WCW Towers <laughs> like Rey Mysterio <laughs>
0: he was well, I, but no because then he would have been in a tag match on, on Nitro then the following night
1: nothing to say he hasn't been uh, this is true
0: this is true um, so Tony got a note he's got a lot of notes on this show uh, saying that Brett versus Luger for uh, on Nitro this coming week for the US title, at which point I was like, oh, so I guess they solved the mystery of the US title then. Yeah, that, um, that's when
1: we actually found out that Brett is US champ.
0: Yeah, so if you're a, just a TBS watcher and you've missed Nitro,
1: this is the first time you've heard that Goldberg isn't the US champion. So Brett went from losing a TV title match. Well, he got the EQ, didn't he? I suppose he didn't
0: really lose. Uh, look, when you're on that money, Lee, you kind of fail upwards. Uh, in this company so yeah he's, he's just he's got the u.s title now um eddie just slapping disco around here uh at the start hits a tilt-a-whirl uh about like a minute into this match disco hits a pile driver for two and i know the pile driver was a much more commonplace move uh mm-hmm. before the kind of modern era of professional wrestling but to see like a pile driver as a move for a near fall at like the start of a match is really weird for me looking back on it was a hell of a pile driver though. It was, it was a hell of a pile driver.
1: I'll give a, that. I love that the comment that like Heen in particular is like if Disco got his head on straight he'd actually be a good wrestler. Yeah. If he wasn't such an idiot
0: yeah. <laughs> basically is what he's saying. Yeah. Um. At one point here we're going towards the end of the match it doesn't last very long. Uh, Eddie gets uh, Disco up nearly loses him and hits maybe the most ghastly shoulder breaker I've oh, ever seen in my life.
1: Sickening, him wasn't it? <laughs>
0: Like it was like a shoot shoulder breaker and like He drops him on the side
1: of his face like
0: drops yeah, he takes the he takes the force of his body falling down the mat on his shoulder and his face. Yeah. And I just I I did a big whoo, yeah. to the point where uh, Emma who was upstairs had to text me and see if I was okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, that oh I yeah, I, I shrieked at that. Um so He hits a suplex. Uh, Magnum tries to distract him. He gets knocked off the side. Um, Eddie, he tries to shove Eddie then because Eddie Eddie has uh, Disco in position, gets up on the top rope to do the frog splash. Tokyo tries to shove him, but he still hits the frog splash and wins. Uh, That was, uh, I thought the finish was kind of weird. Yeah, I've uh, I've
1: never seen somebody actually push, like, into, like, a frog splash and for it to come off, like... it was really strange. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I don't know if it came off, like because the commentary are kind of scrambling to explain what happened. I don't know if it came off the way they had probably mapped it out in their heads. Um, next up, we have Buff Bagwell on the phone to the commentary team, and he just opens the phone call by cackling like Pat Mustard. <laughs> uh, absolutely loved it. He te- like,
1: if you've seen uh, Buff Bagwell Gigolo you'll know he has a big tool as well so indeed uh, milkmen do do it on your
0: doorstep he tells the con- he tells Tony to shut up he tells Brain and Lee to shut up uh, Bobby as he tells Bobby to shut up Bobby does the okay sign uh, then he tells the whole crowd who can't hear him to shut up and Tony who is already sick of the segment is like okay we're all shutting up alright
1: um, and he kind of, he kind of calls out Rick Steiner before Buff Fagwell does because he just wants this segment to end.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's just, he's hurrying it along now. So Rick gets on the headset and like t- takes a knee behind the guys as he's listening in. Um, he says Rick is scared of him. To- uh, Tony is just absolutely fed up with all this shit. Like shaking his head, he's over it. Uh, Buff says because Rick was stupid enough to hit Scott with a chair he now can't compete on Saturday and as soon as he says can't compete Tony's just like hands up ah oh, come on <laughs> <laughs> and this is the thing like again it's another case of Tanay is the one who's always put on solving crimes in WCW but Tony Schiavone sees through every oh, ounce yeah. of bullshit that
1: he's, every heel on this program does and I love it he's the smartest man in WCW like yeah. it, it, it's one of the most consistent story stories through yeah. the whole company, and He's it's like, great. He just takes he, none of their shit. Like no, absolutely none of it. Uh, I love, I love
0: that bit. Uh, that's the end of the phone call. Uh, Hogan is out here with E and the disciple. So yeah, this is the bit after all this time where they're talking about Hogan and his uh, motorbike pals uh, arriving. Uh, that's not really what happens, is it, Lee?
1: No. Eric Bischoff limps out with him The yeah. Disciple is of course with him And Hogan waffles for I want to say Five to six minutes Longer than most of the matches on the show
0: Um, the, Did you what, take note of what he said? So a, like Literally just a couple of bits Did you take any? No because it's oh, okay. fucking waffle yeah, so he talks about how he'd been on the NWO chopper all day, and I, I I was kind of hoping that it was... It took me a couple of seconds to remember the chopper slang, slang for motorbike. It, was, so was it wasn't it, the Arnold saying get back to the chopper. I was really hoping it was Hulk Hogan, like, piloting his own helicopter. Um, and then he, he has an off-handed line here, not quite as off-color as stuff we heard earlier in the evening about how Kimberly was riding his thunder or something like that um he said that when he saw DDP attack the boss it took everything he had to hold the the, the Hollywood brothers back he said he can't guarantee Paige's safety that he'll make it to Sturgis uh he says he's going to break every bone in Paige's body and says he'll break his neck just for Kimberly he says that he knows this is my favorite line of the whole pro he knows that Bischoff is going to chop Jay Leno in half that would be a mighty karate chop indeed. Says that after Bischoff is done with him, he's going to break his neck too. Uh, he's ordered them pine boxes uh, because when you mess with Hollywood, you go down for life. And then the promo was shitely. The promo was shite. There's no getting around that. It's one of Hogan's waffly promos where he says absolutely nothing. But when his music hits at the end, he starts trying to do something that's halfway between a, po- a, like a flex pose and a dance and I loved it.
1: I can't say I noticed because I had just given up paying attention at this stage. I thought if,
0: if somebody would like to give us Hogan doing his flex and also
1: doing a little shuffle, uh, I would appreciate that. Um, uh, at WCW Thunderpod. Like you you consider this is the big go home promo for the main yep. event of the pay per view yep. three days away? Yeah. Are you any more
0: invested in the match? No. In in fact, I'm not entirely sure they specified what the match would be, you know, like they, you know, it really didn't put over the feud. I have no idea watching this whole show uh, or watching the other Thunder before I have absolutely no idea how Jay Leno got involved.
1: Do you from this? I'm assuming because Bischoff started on his ripoff thing and they your guess is as
0: good as mine, pal. I, like, I don't
1: know they, they my guess out. Leno I don't know
0: my guess was it was just follow-on further because weren't they doing the angles for the the bash of the beach on his show
1: yeah I know he was involved for something like that and i am assuming they were went back on after and he somehow yeah. got involved
0: yeah but like you'd think that'd be something like think about how many times they showed us that bash of the Beach video package. And we got nothing. I didn't see Jeleno's face at all on this show. And it's the main event of the pay-per-view. Let alone the fact that, as you say, th- this promo did nothing to make me more excited for M- Road Wild.
1: Maybe it's because we've only had two weeks of TV between pay-per-views. Yeah. But, like, nothing on uh, Road World stands out at all. Nope. Like, I- I'm assuming you're going to do the rundown of the card, are you? I am. I hope you're ready. Ugh, I-, I can't wait because I know nothing. Yeah, um, so with that out of the way
0: speaking of uh, ways to get you hyped for a pay-per-view it's main event time and it's Sting Conan and Luger versus Hall and Adams it's an NWO face-off um, and it starts it starts off hot I will say all bra- brawling outside the crowd are loving it but I'm immediately just going to myself if they're hyping up that this battle royal is the NWO coming head-to-head with the NWO why are they giving away basically half of that battle royal for free on the go home thunder, um, but then I realized very quickly because this was shite, uh, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> nothing, nothing matters. I'm yeah. feeling
1: very nihilistic about it, but fucking nothing matters. This was a nothing six man. I don't think anything of no happened at all for the last. I, I think like I think this went the last eight minutes or something of the show. Yeah, and I, I, I think I, it's. Go on, yeah. I just can't say I don't think anything of importance, anything of note. There was nothing significant. No, I think it's funny that if you like watch the
0: um, if I if I sorry, if I look back at my notes that I do for the program, my notes get less detailed as the show goes on. One, it's because these shows exhaust me often enough, but also it's because that the closer you get to the main event and the NWO stuff, the less important shit happens. Um, and certainly the, the less wrestling happens.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, as I said, all brawling outside first. We get in the ring where Luger hits two atomic drops on Hall, which I've seen the Rick Rude selling atomic drops <laughs> Twitter ha- Twitter so has been popping poppin this week. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, like I appreciate Hall's selling of these atomic drops as well. Not quite Rick Rude levels, but uh, pretty good.
1: He was stomping his feet at one stage, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, a, gonna... like a bowl child.
0: Yeah, he was. Um, match is a whole lot of nothing. Uh, Sting's hot tag comes in, and Sting seems to be the only one that's trying something here. Uh, he tries to get the crowd fired up and tries to get a bit of uh, momentum going in this match. Match breaks down. Ke- uh, Conan gets a Tequila Sunrise on Adams, but did you get the feeling that this uh somebody uh specifically Kurt Hennig, Mister cue? because it felt like Tequila Sunrise, which people have been tapping out of in about two or three seconds, was in
1: for an awful long time here. Yeah, I th- I thought as much as somebody was supposed to interfere straight away, like even as he was locking it in. And, yeah. yeah, not good. No, um, somewhere in
0: here, like it's it's just a schmoz and a brawl, and then right in the middle of it all, out of nowhere, Conan
1: just rolls rolls someone up and wins. He rolled him. He rolled up Adams as Hall was stumbling around them as they did the roll up. And I don't, just... I, I don't know if that Hall was selling or if that was stumbling, Scar Hall. Yeah, I've. It's anyone's guess, really. Uh, the
0: I I just often question why these matches are always so awkward. These big NWO matches, like for people, who, like and I know, like it's because none of them were arsed. But like, if you think about, I, I really should the next time one of these happens and it's shite, I'm going to tot up the amount of years worth of ring experience mm-hmm. is in the ring at that time. And how the matches cannot be even remotely competitive. Like, I'm not asking for, you know, Dave Meltzer, four three quarter star match of the year
1: candidate shit. I'm just asking for, like, a basic level of competency they in a all, main event. They all seem to lack chemistry. Yeah. Like, all of them. Like, it, it it's not a one or two time thing. Like, every time, mm-hmm. like, you put Adams in there with Sting, you put yeah. Luger in with all. Like, they just don't seem to have any chemistry. Which is mad because, like, half of them have been,
0: like, following each other around the same companies for a decade yeah and like they're all mates yeah it's really really bizarre um the face off continues between two NWO factions as we go off the air that's the end of thunder for this week um Lee end of thunder 26 winners and losers if you please
1: hmm I really enjoyed the Saturn segment I thought he came off as like a really big winner from this show in, in spite of being left lane <laughs> which is a hard yeah. thing to say um, losers <sighs> Stevie Ray Mongo and Chavo mm. that whole thing just nobody yeah. fucking came out I need a better of that
0: yeah because like I think even though we just talked about what it did the main event was one you've come to expect it from the main event mm-hmm. and two the crowd were still oh, into them. these guys yeah. whereas I feel like people were less into the three guys in that segment by the end of it. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, you're dead right there. I'll,
1: I'll shout show out for Tony Schiavone still being the smartest man in the company. Absolutely, yeah.
0: He's he's a big winner for the night. Um, the finish counter brought to you by Ludwig Borga. And holy shitly, this is, these are the weeks where I'm glad I do this um, because it shows a real lack of... Interest in, in making it a compelling wrestling show because we had seven matches on the show with only three clean finishes, two DQs or countouts, which were back-to-back on this show, by the way, and two matches that had interference leading directly to a finish. So when we started this program, it may have seemed weird that I was doing this because the majority of uh, matches, like, by far, were clean finishes. But uh, we're, we're starting to get a little taste of what Thunder is, where... By the time we, we get towards, like, end-stage Thunder, they're going to be... We're going to be... It's going to be miraculous when there's a clean finish.
1: Have you been keeping a run and tally of these week to week? Like, have you written, uh, have you got them written down? Yes.
0: They're they're all on my Word documents since I started doing it.
1: I cannot wait to see a 1998 in total finish counter. Oh,
0: yeah. Interesting. I wouldn't have... I could probably look them up for the first 10 or so Thunders. I don't mm. think I was doing this, but, like all the thunder tapings are on cage match so i probably could get a, a year on year lee if you're telling me i need to keep a thunder spreadsheet i i'll tell you what i i'm i am down for that i didn't um, say that but if you're if you're willing to do it yeah sometime when i look you know where we're, we're uh, i'm not we're, gonna be, we're not going anywhere anytime soon so no um yeah, so before we finish, as you alluded to there a few minutes ago, Lee, it's the go-home episode for a pay-per-view. And you know what that means. Uh, Lee hasn't looked up the uh, the card to this pay-per-view. Nope. Uh, and it's my turn this month uh, to quiz Lee top to bottom on the card for Road Wild 98 and see what matches based on the television booking on Thunder he can tell are going to happen. So how many matches have we got? Nine. No. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, oh, like two of them must be dark matches. No, no.
1: Fuck. <laughs> yeah. You're in trouble, my friend. Okay. So, we know the Battle Royal. Uh-huh. We know the main event tag match, DDP and Leno, Hogan and Bischoff. Uh, yo. Yep. We know the triangle match, Raven, Saturn and... Canyon Uh huh Okay Um Hoovie and Jericho Yes Judging by TV I'm gonna guess Chavo and Stevie Yes So you're up to five Okay so I'm halfway
0: Well just over halfway Yeah. Um, Yeah you've got a passing grade now
1: Hmm Who else has been on the show there's no more feuds like Brett has a title match next week which is not to say he won't have a match on the fucking Mm pay-per-view could he possibly lose the US title before the fucking show who knows Um, I don't know I can't think of any more feuds right so I'll read from the main event the
0: whole way down Uh, DDP Jay Leno versus Hogan and Bischoff you got that The NWO Invitational Battle Royal. Oh, it's a
1: fucking back-to-back. Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Jericho versus Hoovy. You got that. Mongo versus Brian Adams. Sorry, you... What? Mongo versus Brian Adams, yeah. No. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to have to watch that. Uh,
1: My my video (laughs) is... (laughs)
0: the internet signal it's gone um, Stevie Ray Chavo okay Sicosis Ray Mysterio Jr so oh, I'm immediately looking forward to that yes not only that but I will say it's one of the longest matches on the show oh, so I'm okay. happy about that
1: it's the second um, it's the second longest Mongo and <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm saying nothing uh, Canyon versus Raven versus Saturn okay The public enemy versus the dancing fools. Oh no! How? And you know what, Lee? It's one of the longest matches
1: on the show. How are they doing that match again? Oh. This has to be the fourth time.
0: And opening the show Barbarian versus Ming.
1: (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) so
0: yeah Yeah. welcome to the dog days huh luckily we will not have to watch Road Wild for another two weeks so the way it's working in May again as we set the top with the weekly shows uh, our regular Thunder 1998 timeline will be back in two weeks with Road Wild 98 next week is going to be the second of Lee's retro pay-per-view picks for May
1: still blaming me
0: yeah, well, I, the reason I, I keep saying, Lee, as well as blaming you, is that I think if we get to June, or, you know, it may not be June, but if there's ever a month where we do retro pay-per-view picks in the off weeks again, I, I'll take my turn to
1: do it. Oh, um, oh, so then you'll, oh, okay. Yeah, then the payback comes. We'll watch how the, uh, the selection widens from there. Yeah.
0: Um, but anyway, like it, it probably won't be in June. We will pro again, as we were saying yeah. before, we will more than likely, at least for June, go back to every two weeks, um, just to give ourselves a bit of a break after two two months of weekly shows. Well, we
1: we do probably have a pick your poison for June. Yeah, but we, at least we, we, we don't know when we're going to drop it though. Yeah, we have one for June
0: and one that we haven't determined when we're we're going to record it. We have our next two guests anyway in our head. Um, and they're in various stages of development those shows um, <laughs> that's we'll one, it
1: one. That way yeah. yeah isn't
0: it uh, so yeah next week will be Lee's second pay-per-view pick and that's Bash at the Beach 96 a very foundationally important pay-per-view for the the era of of wcw that we're we're in and covering now so um hopefully it doesn't have a very high bar to clear to be better than the back half of uh bash at the beach 94 but uh i'm gonna say after bash at the beach 98 and after bash at the beach 94 i'm just gonna say if bash at the beach 96 is awful and knowing what happens at bash at the beach 2000 i'm just gonna say bash at the beach is a terrible pay-per-view um because it would seem that at least every second year it's a bad one
1: I'm trying to remember Bash at the Beach 99 uh yeah at least it's not memorably
0: bad I, I guess that's, that's not the, just
1: because I can't remember it doesn't mean it's not memorably bad yeah that's fair <laughs> enough
0: um but anyway yeah so next week is going to be Bash at the Beach 96 and the following week will be Road Wild Na- so 1998 we should say 90, yeah Road Wild 98 um, so yeah for, uh, that that's Thunder for this week uh, Days of Thunder for this week at uh, WCW Thunderpod is a Twitter account where uh, we we love to interact with the Thunder buddies uh, hear how uh, the show is going for you hear your thoughts on the journey we, we love the banter back and forth and getting to see again one of the the nicest things we see apart from like people complimenting the show saying they're enjoying the show is when people are are tagging us Mm -hmm. and telling their friends about the show Uh, because over this year that we've been at PWO we have been absolutely blown away by the response the feedback and the growing community of Thunder Buddies around us Uh, it warms our cold dead hearts (laughs) uh, and the only way we get to kind of like expand and improve beyond here is uh, by your word of mouth Mm -hmm. Um, so we really appreciate it when anybody passes passes the pod and tells a friend about us. Um, oh, but, as I said, b- but
1: before we go, I just need to plug yeah. one thing. Go. Every Friday evening. Well, it's Friday evening, Irish time. Um, Rob Reid from the British Roundtable is now doing a VOW quiz on Twitch. Yeah. And I've done it the last couple of weeks and it's been great fun. So I fully endorse taking part in this quiz. Mm-hmm. It's on the, I think you yeah, Go on Twitch and look up V O W quiz, you'll come across it fairly handily. And it's yeah. every Friday evening. I think it's ten thirty Irish time it starts. So, yeah. so do, do, you know what, do you
0: want know Lee actually be a good idea is if you were to quote tweet on Friday night this week to help the Thunder buddies who are in different time zones? Mm-hmm. Uh, if Rob puts up a tweet saying it's it's starting soon or whatever, if you quote tweet from WCW Thunderpod yeah. uh, to help people find it, uh, that'd be great. The other thing I want to plug this week, actually, now that you reminded me is our good friend and former Pick Your Poison guest, Jamesy, has started oh, yes, his own yes, podcast yes. at long last on the Grapple Spotlight feed. um, The Match of the Month podcast. Uh, his first episode is with Benno uh, talking all about the best uh, their, their top fives for the month of January. Um, uh, really in- in- incredible podcast Jamesy is obviously because we wanted him so badly mm-hmm. on Pick Your Poison got him on for Ric Flair uh, he's a guy who I think his voice is very important and his uh, his breakdowns of matches are up there with the absolute oh, yeah. best no, nobody can break down a match like Jamesy yeah. Um and just to say if you want to get on James if you're a wrestler out there listening to us and you want to get on Jamesy's featured list on a podcast, construct a match entirely out of chop blocks and leg selling, and you are <laughs> gold, my friends. So yeah, at wcw Thunderpod is where to find us on Twitter. Uh, I will uh, also plug our Instagram, WCW Thunderpod, over there as well, where we're putting up our beers of thunder. So you can see the can art. Uh, I'm putting up little mini reviews that Lee will send me, kind of his his brief thoughts on the beer. Uh, and I will share mine as well. And we put up kind of like gags or behind the scenes photos and stuff like that of, of the podcast. Um, just have a bit of fun on there. It's slowly growing, but uh, yeah, I, I like Instagram as a medium. So I'm going to try and commit mm-hmm. a bit more time to doing some fun stuff over over there, uh, we also have Beyond the Thunder Road, our, our blog, which is going to be kicking off with its first post probably next week. I finish my my college stuff this week, so I'm looking to chart some territory and and watch all of Beyond Wrestling's Uncharted Territory weekly series. Um, on IWTV, at the moment, they're doing uh, every night in the month of May, they're doing a live stream rewatch of an episode of it. So it's fairly timely that I'm going to start now. Uh, looking back on those shows. So you can look forward to the first post over on Beyond the Thunder Road next week. You can go on there and go to the very butto- bottom of the page where it says do the thing and you can subscribe by email to be notified whenever we post something on there. So so go ahead and do that. Individually on Twitter, I'm at the Day to Dave, and Lee is at Malone underscore 713. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you along with us for the ride on Thunder Road again. We'll catch you on the timeline where we pull into Sturgis in two weeks. But before that, we'll see you on the seaside, Bash the Beach 96 coming to you next week. We'll see you then. That's in your heart. I can see through the scars inside you. I can feel the thunder breaking in your heart I can see through the scars inside